everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Meet My Friend Friday. And as promised, I have a friend back on the show, which many of you guys are familiar with. Her name is Trisha Goyer. She's become a dear friend of mine. She's a prolific author. And she has written a brand new book called Calming Angry Kids. We're in the middle of talking about prayers for the battlefield right now, staying mom strong in the fight for your family and your faith. And Trish is here with a message that's going to build you up and encourage you. Stick around. I think you're going to be glad you did. Right, so you guys, it's the 9th of November already, and I know don't know about you, but I'm getting ready for Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. It's the most wonderful time of the year, all of the family and the food without the fuss of the presents, which that's just, you know, hello, it's just my not my love language. So, food on the other hand, that 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 could easily be my love language. So, I hope you guys are having a great time getting ready for the holidays with your family. As promised, we're continuing our series about prayers for the battlefield. If you haven't yet picked up a copy of prayers for the battlefield, I want to encourage you to do that. It's my heart really to just uh, come alongside you on your journey as a mother and just say, God has good things for you. He has good things for you, good things for your family. You don't have to be worn out and frustrated and stressed out and uh, laying on the side of the road, right? God wants to pick you up and put you back on the path. So one of the things I love about my friend, Trisha is that she has experience as a mother and she is really great at encouraging moms to think about the things that are most important. So I've asked her to come on the broadcast with me today and we're gonna talk a little bit about how to calm angry kids. And we all know uh, angry kids don't just happen. So Trisha, you're back. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Heidi, for having me. I always love being here. It's so much fun to hear what's happening with your family. So you've been on my show before, but for the new for new listeners, um, let's let's do a little bit of Trisha Goyer one hundred and one. So how many kids do you have? <laughs> we could do like actually, this could be like a three hundred one maybe or a three hundred two. <laughs> That's true. Um, John and I we've been married twenty eight years, ooh, and ooh. we have um, ten kids. So we have three biological and seven that we've adopted. So our kids are ages between of eight and 29. Oh my um, so I know you have a widespread too. Yeah. You know? yeah, we so we have the 27. Kids, yeah. 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 Amazing. And so when, so you didn't always plan on adopting, right? No, we, we didn't really plan on it. And it was, I think my youngest was about seven that I kind of felt the stir. And I talked to John a couple of times and he was not interested. And it wasn't until years later when our oldest son uh, was getting ready to launch himself that all of a sudden we're looking like we're still young. We can still do this parenting <laughs> we're thing. We're still young. Time. He brought it up. And so we adopted a newborn when uh, we had like a 20 year old, uh, 18 year old and a 16 year old. We started over with a newborn and then we filled it in. So then we adopted two kids from, uh, from foster care sibling oh group of two and then a sibling group of four that were teen, 14 girls. Like I'm still going, what did That's we do? Amazing. So it's, it's been hard. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you and I talked about this before. Uh, some of the best things in life are the hardest things, right? It's so true. Like I wouldn't trade these kids for anything. I mean, even though we have really hard days, they're totally my kids. Like I would do anything for them. I'm so thankful. Like God knew they needed us and God knew mm. I needed them um, to kind of, you know, round myself out all those areas that I didn't realize like I didn't think I had an anger problem I didn't think that I just like comfort I mean it just made me realize like I have so much that I need to work on when I when we brought home yeah these kids. Uh, parenting is sanctifying 
right? It's so true. <laughs> I had my friend uh, Ruth Simons on a couple weeks ago, and she was talking about the sanctification process that happens through parenting. And I'm always telling parents, if you want to find out how completely ungodly and selfish you are, have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or do it later in life. Adopt kids later in life. Adopt some angry kids. And then you're adopt really- some angry kids. Yeah. Right. That'll do it. That'll totally do it. When we talk about having angry kids, I don't think there's a mom or a dad on the planet who hasn't dealt with this at one point or another. And when I started writing Prayers for the Battlefield, I was talking particularly to moms who were weary or parents who were weary, moms in particular. But it seems to me that a lot of the times our kids are angry because, A, we, we've forgotten to pray about what we sign up for. And then we, we lose track of what's most important. So we're not prioritizing correctly. And we wind up with kids who are stressed out and frustrated and burned out. Parents are putting them in every activity under the sun. And then our kids don't have any margin in their lives and they don't have the emotional bandwidth to deal with it. Have you noticed the same thing? Absolutely. You know, I think there was really a time in my life where John and I struggled with this. Um, we just had three kids at the time. And I thought, okay, we have a little boy. He needs to be in T-ball. We have a little girl. She needs to be in ballet. And um, we had the little three-year-old that was trailing around everywhere. And they were stressed out. I was stressed out. They were angry and fighting all the time. I was growing frustrated with them. And I remember one day I came home from um, ballet. It was like a 45 minute drive just to get there. And right. it was like a five-year-old ballet class. You know, you're just like, why <laughs> am I doing this? But John walked in and I was like, had just come from the grocery store. I dropped the groceries in the kitchen floor. And I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. The kids are at my feet. They're fighting. And he's like, we need to sit down and we need to look at the schedule. And so after dinner, he's like, we need to write down everything that you do in a week. And I'm like, you don't have enough paper to write down everything. Because not only the kids schedule, you know, I was teaching a Bible study. I was volunteering, cleaning the church. I was, I mean, just in all these activities. And so we sat down and we, he's like, okay, we need to figure out what's the priorities. Like what are one, what are things we have to do? Like we have to feed the kids. We have to get them dressed. Um, two were things like we should do laundry sometime in the week. And, so this is good. You're basically three, starting with survival skills. I like that. Survival. Yeah. Yeah. And then threes, threes were things that were good, but maybe it wasn't the right season. So maybe it wasn't the right season for me to be teaching a Bible study because I was just starting homeschooling and we were trying to get that figured out. And then fours were things that I was doing because I felt guilty um, because I didn't want to say no, mm. because this is something that you should do mom guilt, or something that yeah, mom guilt. And we didn't, I didn't even have, this was before Instagram now. Oh my goodness. I don't know how I would <laughs> feel like comparing myself. I was comparing myself to everyone else. Yeah. And so after we got those things that I just felt guilty because I didn't want to say no and, or I was doing because I thought I ought to do it. John took a big Sharpie and just marked those things out. He's like, we're done with that. And some things that weren't the right season, we crossed those out. And pretty soon I had white space mm. and it helped so much in clearing out the calendar, we figured some priorities like dinner together we wanted, mm-hmm. reading together with our kids, serving as a family, and those became our priorities. And it worked great. You know, we just had our three, but then we added on seven Hello. kids in five years' time. <laughs> and so it, we almost went through the same thing again, because not only there's activities, but I was teaching them how to do chores. And I was teaching them like that they were homeschooling for the very first time. And they had therapy appointments and all these things. And plus, none of these kids had ever lived together. I mean, even the biological siblings at times had been separated. Yeah. Um, and so now we have all these kids with all these 
um, developmental issues, anger problems, all thrown together. And I'm trying to get everyone to do chores. <laughs> and, and I really just had to step back and say, okay, what again are my priorities? Like, let's not even worry about laundry. Like, let's just focus on clearing the table now. And I think so many times we do try to do too much and our kids are frustrated and angry because we're all over them. We're angry. Um, we're short with our temper because we have things to do and places to go. And so it, it does just taking time, figuring out our priorities, slowing down. And when we see our kids getting angry and frustrated, asking like, what are you thinking about? What's going on? Um, you know, if you could plan our day, how would you do it differently? And, you know, some of the things that we think are important really aren't that. Important. I love that. And I love that you're, you're really going back to basics. I mean, you really are. I mean, we're laughing about survival skills, but you're going back to basics and just saying, listen, does your house actually have to be a better homes and gardens house or a Pinterest or an Instagram worthy house? And I think so often we are, we're stressing out over the laundry and the dishes. We haven't really come up with a plan and we're just kind of running in sort of chaos mode. And I know that there have been seasons of my life. And one of the things I, I think is so great about your testimony here is that you're saying it's actually all right to regroup over and over and over because your life changes. I mean, what's working for us in, uh, right now may not work for us in six months time. And if you notice, hey, it worked for a little while, but now it's not work. like those chore charts, praise the Lord, right? The chore chart, I make, I spend so much time on that thing and we do it for about three weeks. And then we're not doing it. And then I got to regroup or someone says, you know, I didn't, I, you know, you gave me the kitchen six weeks in a row or, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And then you have to kind of regroup again. Yeah. And I think so many times what it showed me was it was my own heart issues um, because I kind of took pride, you know, when I only had three kids, I mean, my house was pretty clean. Like if someone stopped by, I didn't feel bad about them coming over. Now <laughs> with all these other kids, I mean, there was stuff, there's toys everywhere. And I realized that I took pride in how my house looked and getting things done. And God was like, that is not what's important. I remember one day I, I have piles of laundry and, you know, big family, piles of laundry all the time oh, yeah. and getting so frustrated. And God's saying, I love you just as much if the laundry isn't done. If you don't do it for two weeks, I still love you. And it came yeah. back to realizing like who I am, who I am in God, who I am as a mom and then also when I am content with myself and realizing it's okay if we don't get around cleaning the house today, I'm also not so um, focused on pressuring my kids to get all the things done mm. and just, you know, letting them know, I love you. You, you didn't do your chore <laughs> and you're going to have to do your chore, but I love you for who you are. And that's really what my kids needed. I mean, coming into a new home, I messed up when they first got all these kids, like I need to get them all organized and chore charts. And they just needed a relationship. They needed yes. a mom. They had been moved around so much. It was like God saying, chill it, girl, chill out, yeah. um, build the yeah. relationship. So anytime I find myself, my kids will tell me like, mom, you're stressing me out. Anytime I feel that, it's just like, okay, go back to the relationship. Go back to the priority of sitting down and doing morning Bible study with your kids. Like these are the things that we need to focus on instead of getting so overwhelmed with all the daily tasks. And not having the priorities right. Man, that's so good. And I think we forget that what we're doing is holy. It really is holy work. And families are kind of pressed right now on every side of the battlefield that you're talking about, which is kind of busyness, right? Because we, I think tired parents, I was thinking about myself this way. When you said that your, your daughter said, mom, you're stressing me out. Uh, I've heard that a hundred million times from my kids. And I think whenever, whenever I am tired, 
I feel like I become sort of a, a target of the devil because a tired parent is prone to compromise. And we start compromising. It's like you were just saying, we compromise our Bible time. Like it's usually the first thing to go. When I talk to weary moms, I'll say, how's your time with the Lord? Oh, it's non-existent because that's the first thing that goes. That's the thing you think, oh, I actually don't need this. I need to do the laundry. I need to do this homework. We've got to do this project or that project. And the thing we really need is to go before the Lord and say, Lord, help me. (laughs) I'm back again. You know, I need your help. I need your direction. And uh, I think a lot of the stress that we have with our kids and the reason they blow up at us, it seems like a lot of it is just avoidable. You know, it's our flesh kind of leading us instead of the Holy Spirit leading us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we take that time, um, when we have our personal quiet time, we are prepared for our kids, which that's, you know, what we need. We need to be prepared for the battlefield and prepared for the battlefields inside our home. But also, I think one of the best thing we could do is to build habits around these good things. So like one thing that we started probably a year ago before we start homeschool or anything else, we get out a prayer journal and I have the kids write out a scripture verse, which I love all your scripture writing you do, but we write out a scripture verse. We write out our prayer request. We write what we're thankful for. And we write one thing we say is, God, I need you to change me in these ways. And so everyone, Mm -hmm. after they write, will go around the table and we'll share those things. We'll share the scripture and how we want God to change us. And it humbles me because I realize, like, here I am. I need to be changed in this way, too. And sometimes it's hard when you're saying, Lord, please change me because I need to be more patient and mm-hmm. I need to be more short tempered. And you're saying it in front of your kids. So then later they're going to like, uh, mom, like, right. remember what you were praying about? But building a habit around that. And we also read missionary stories is another thing because it's showing people in very hard situations and how oh, they you and I are, we've talked about this before. Like I am a YWAM missionary story junkie. Yeah, me yeah. too. Oh yeah. We've read almost all. In fact, uh, I mean, I know this is the radio show, but I'll tell you anyway, Jay and I drove uh, a week ago or a couple weeks ago up to see Jim Drake in Seattle. And Jim was the guy who works for YWAM who got us hooked on these things like 20 years ago. And I think it changed the trajectory of our family. Like, I'm not even kidding. Sitting down every day and just reading. Our kids were like, please, can we read a missionary story? Because you're there are true stories. And usually, I don't know about you guys, but we're most of the time we're in tears at the end of these stories. Just as oh, yeah. God can do. I remember Nate Saint. It was the first one we read, Nate Saint. And the kids didn't realize until like the like three chapters before the end that what was going to happen. Like they didn't tie him with Jim Elliott because they didn't <sighs> mention Jim Elliott to like three chapters. And all of a sudden, as soon as I mentioned Jim Elliott, they're like, no, because they had, you know, they knew it was going to happen. They heard Jim Elliott. Sorry, they didn't, they didn't connect Nate Saint. Um, I'm telling you, the last three chapters, we were bawling. Oh, like our daughter, like we couldn't even finish school. <laughs> as, as the day he died, yeah. like our kids were like, we cannot do any more school. Everyone's sitting around. We're crying. But I mean, these are the people that I want to have examples for my kids. Yeah. And so that, that prayer time, that journaling time, writing scripture and the missionary stories, like set a habit around that and our kids like that's what we do like who's whose story are we going to read next they just ask me as soon as we finish a book the next day we'll start a new one and I think having those priorities and setting a habit around it is like one of the best things because your kids will remind you like when you're getting off track yeah it's so amazing and really I I think um, and you've had kids obviously you and I both have had kids graduate now from our homeschooling and I love to know if this is true for you but our kids the things that they talk about as young adults now and even parents of their own children, the things they talk about now have very little to do with the academic part of homeschooling. It's always 
the memories that they have that have shaped who they are is the time that their dad and I took to read to them. It's the missionary stories. It's the scripture writing. It's talking about politics and the world that we live in and really um, getting them to the place where they, they really understood their role in God's economy. And you don't do that by accident. Yeah. You do that by intention. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, we just had dinner around Christmas time. Everyone was home. That's what they talked about. The, story, the Chronicles of Narnia, the stories that we read, the lessons that we learned, the metaphors. Yeah. I mean, all these things. But even more, my daughter's a missionary. And I remember when she was like 11 years old, we read Gladys Alward. Yes. And she's uh, like, someday I'm going to be a missionary. And it's adorable when they're right. 11. Like, you're like, yeah. Terrifying when they can God actually has do to it. call on you. Yeah, when she's she graduated with her bachelor's when she was 20 years mm -hmm. old, and it was a, it was like a week before her 21st birthday, and she's like, "I'm moving. I have I have a church I'm going to work with. We got support. I mean, that's a whole story too. Like God just wow. brought her support in unexpected places. Um, the main support supporter was a, a Muslim man she had worked with at a fast food restaurant who became a Christian, and he gave her ten thousand oh dollars to go, you know, be a missionary. I mean, he a former Muslim man, I should say. So here she is, 20 years old, moving overseas. And now she's there. She's married. She teaches at a university. So she's tw just turned 26. Um, a professor at a university there is married to a Christian man, serves as a Tuesday night conversation mm -hmm. club where people from the university come and they do conversation and then they do a Bible study. And that, I mean, if we hadn't taken the priority when they're little mm -hmm. to teach them the word of God, to read these missionary stories, to share it's not about what we obtain in this world. It's about what we give and how we serve. I mean, her life, I don't know how it would be different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just would yeah, be different. No question. Yeah, it's amazing. And you've gotten to know because you've been you've been doing this parenting gig for a long time and now you've been you've fostered and now you've adopted. You've had the Lord's given you, I think, really unique insight into the heart of children for all the different um, personalities that he has put into your home and into your life. And I've loved to watch how um, you have grown <laughs> just in the way, even the, when you and I talk, every time we talk, it's something different that the Lord's showing you or that he's showing me. And I love that he is patient with us. Um, and you have had, I think a really, uh, like just because you've had a window into all these different scenarios, you can now can give moms a window into the heart of their kids. So I want to really quickly, before we, we run out of time, because you and I can talk for 45 minutes. Uh, when, so to the mom who's like, okay, that's me. I'm that stressed out, freaked out. You know, I'm running around my house like a clown with my hair on fire. My kids are angry. I'm frustrated. I have no white space. Um, what do you say to that mom who's listening to this or to that dad who's listening? He's like, that's my wife. <laughs> that's my wife. Uh, what do we say to those parents? Yeah, well, I love the activity that John did with me, just like sitting down and writing on everything. Because once you see it, you realize like this is so unrealistic. And this is why I'm feeling so stressed out. But then yeah. also like one thing John and I said, like after we cut out that stuff, so we had more white space, we also said, what things, you know, when our kids are grown, do we want to be thankful we did? So it was dinner time. It was, you know, family Bible reading time. It was serving. We served together for 15 years in our children's church ministry. They were right there with us serving. So it was all these things that we took time for. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that molded our kids. And the cool thing is now, like my son has two kids. He has a a seven-year-old and a four-year-old. So when I hear him, like we started, you know, he started the Chronicles of Narnia with his kids mm -hmm. and they're in church with him. He's now, Corey is now our children's pastor at our church serving. Um, and it's Amazing. like, picture your, picture your family, you know, 10 years from now with your right. kids grown. What habits do you want them to have 
for themselves and for their kids. And you got to build those in when they're little. Because yeah. all of a sudden they aren't going to graduate and go, oh, I want to have morning quiet time or I want to serve in my local church. It's things that you're going to need to do when they're little to train them up. And, you know, I would talk about train them up in the way they should go. Um, and I'm so glad it was that moment of crisis where I was so overwhelmed, so angry. My kids were so angry that we realized, OK, this isn't working. And what do we want our priorities to be? And that really changed our lives. And I know it changed our kids' lives, too. And it's all about prioritizing. It's about getting before mm -hmm. the Lord and prioritizing and not being afraid to say, hey, this isn't working. I think sometimes, you know, I think parents are sometimes uh, we're we don't want to admit, you know, that things aren't working or that we, you know, we thought we had this all dialed in and now we realize, OK, we don't. We're six months into this new plan or this new, you know, I have so many homeschool moms. Oh, my goodness. We need to come back and just talk to homeschool moms because there's so many homeschool moms that I know they put their kids in every academic pursuit under the sun. And these kids are stressed out and they're tired and their moms are tired. I had a guy, I talked to a guy a couple of weeks ago and he was telling me that his wife was all stressed out and he didn't think they were going to continue homeschooling because she homeschooled that kid from nine in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon. And I said, I'm picturing like oh, a 14 year old kid, right? And I wouldn't even do it then. And I said, well, how old is your child? Seven. I was like, oh, okay. Word. I said, here's my phone number. I don't know much, but I do know something about homeschooling. <laughs> like this shouldn't take you yeah. more than an hour and a half. And I think, you know, the, yeah. the expectation that we put on our kids, and we wonder why, why, why we're so frustrated, why we're so burned out. Um, it's because maybe we didn't go before the Lord and say, Father, help me. You said your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And this is not light mm -hmm. or easy. And so maybe it's not from you. Yeah. And I'll just even look at my curriculum and look at my year curriculum. And it's all good, good stuff that I love. And I'll say this year curriculum is going to take us a year and a half. Like I'll just, yeah. I'll just say it ahead of time because my kids will sometimes get stressed out like, because they are not keeping up with the schedule. I'm like, we are learning. We are growing. Yes, we do Bible study. Like if, if I spend an hour on Bible study and missionary stories, like that's what we need. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so they, because they want to keep up or whatever. I'm like, it's okay. Like you all are going to learn. We're going to do awesome, but I'm concerned about your hearts and we need to make sure, you know, someday you're going to be adults and um, you're going to be making decisions without me here. And this is the stuff that's going to train you for that. That's right. Character always comes before curriculum. And I think if moms could really get that, even moms that put their kids in school, my goodness, you know, you're the, what we should be training our kids first and foremost is their heart for the Lord. And I was, I think you had listened to a podcast I did, Mailbox Monday, who, a mom who was saying she was so frustrated because her kids were angry. And I'm like, put your curriculum away and focus on their heart. Because it's, if it's, if it's bad when they're eight and you don't correct it, when they're 18, it'll be absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw this in. I know we're going to wrap it up, but it's the very first activity my therapist had me do when I'm dealing with these angry kids that just moved in our homes. She made me like, this is, the, this is what she asked, to do one-on-one -on -one time with them five to 10 minutes a day. So it wasn't about figuring out the right discipline. It wasn't about, you know, t talking about how to calm their anger. It was about Okay, first, forget all the anger, just spend time with them five to connecting. 10 minutes a day connecting. And then that changes their anger because all of a sudden they really care about you because you're spending time with them. That's so, Trisha, that's so freeing that right there was just worth the price of admission for this podcast because you're telling <laughs> a mom, listen, 10 minutes a day to sit down with your child and connect with, put your phone away for the love. Yeah. Right? Put your phone away, close your laptop, stop, stop the laundry, um, pay attention. Uh, to your child. And I think just, and we can do it like five to 10 minutes a day. And I think moms feel like, you know, if you're going to spend time with your child, it has to be a date. You got to take them out. It's got to be a six or a six hour ordeal. And it really doesn't. Those little no. bits of time every day, they, those little things really do end up being the big things. Absolutely.
Well, you have, you are, I am so encouraged. I actually feel like I can take on my day now. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Oh, Trisha, what is the name of your new book? Um, Calming Angry Kids, Help and Hope for Parents in the Whirlwind. Oh my goodness. And we can find that anywhere books are sold? Anywhere books are sold, yes. All right. So you guys heard it here first. Uh, Trisha's new book, Calming Angry Kids, available wherever books are sold. I will link back to all things Trisha Goyer. If you want to find out more about Trisha, she's written lots of other books as well. You can find that at trishagoyer.com. Thank you, my friend, for coming on. It has been such a joy to have you. Thank you. I always love chatting with you, Heidi. Hey, for those of you who want more information about Trisha, please go to the show notes today and I will link back to her. Also, we are getting ready to start a new week at MomStrong International. We are learning about finding joy on the battlefield. So the study for the month of November at MomStrong International is dancing on the minefields, finding blessing on the battlefield. God has a blessing for you and it's found in walking in right relationship with him. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Monday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.